What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission, and that mystique, ageless water that's been around since the beginning of time. I'm Sharon Kleina. Our show has been four years later, 370 guests, from the United Nations heads from around the world. We've been in Holland, Ethiopia, all over the world, and 40-odd the states here in the United States, soon 50. We are learning from each and every guest on this show. The show is wanting to learn about nutrition, want about learn about the forest and hiking in Yellowstone National Park or over in the Olympic National Forest and what's happening there. Do you want to learn about the watersheds, of what's happening with the different states, Um, even discussing mining in some of the states? Uh, We've discussed eyes. What is happening to our eye causing a dry eye? What is dry eye uh, causing a blindness and depletion of eyesight? What is anxiety? What is stress? What we learn, there's so much to learn. And the other one, water wars. Did you know that water has been a war over war has been over water for many many thousands of years because if there's if, if a country becomes de- desert conditions they don't have the same water they did in the generations before in Yemen for example there's been water war going on for as long as people have been for generations because it became desert conditions long ago oil is not the most important uh, life energy to people who live in a desert. It's the water. And it's been going on for a long time. There's so much for us to learn. Um, What is dehydration disease? I brought that about also with my background. I've been studying 30 years about water, dehydration diseases. From the moment you're born, you left a pocket of water from your mother you entered in air. You were naked without the water. The eyelid opened. The organ of the eye is exposed if the eyelid is not covering with the skin, the eye at that moment. The skin is the surface of your soil, your earth. You are dehydrating. The word dehydration must be taught. It must be learned. And that's what we do on the show every week. Go to your website at World Talk Radio, Voice America, Green Talk uh, radio and then or also Apple iTunes and want to look up which subject are you in the mood to listen to the best guests in the world or on this show is go and find out the subject you want to learn more about herbs 
you want to learn more about what, what's going on with surgeries. You want to learn more about how to take better care of yourself. Because when you get out of bed that morning, it's you. It belongs to you. You're walking the earth and you're saying to yourself, I'm going to live. I want to learn what is there for the nature of my life to learn where I can be healthier. Uh, that is what it's all about. You're a miracle where each are. Today we have Dr. Lorraine Day, who is internationally known and acclaimed orthopedic surgeon, trauma surgeon. She's an author. And for 15 years, she was on the faculty of, and California associate professor and vice chairman of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery in San Francisco. She is going to be teaching me a lot because her background has been dedicated to trying to learn more about preventing and reversing eye disease, but I'm sure she's going to teach us about a lot of other diseases that are out there that we need to learn more about integrating and being more proactive. Our second guest today is Tim Blakely. He's an herb- herbalist and er- er- aromatherapist. I have to say aromatherapist. And I've been studying about the Bach flower therapies and the oils. And he's going to teach us a lot because I found out from Tim before there's a lot to be learned about some integrative thinking that's uh, those tinctures out there of therapy that we don't always understand when we go into our favorite natural product stores. We're going to listen to our uh, sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research, is the founder of Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only worldwide product that will mist with just a, with tissue culture grade of water, with just a mist, all natural, to supplement what is causing the dry eye, lack of water in the surface of the eye at the cornea and the tear film. We're listening to Nature's Tears Eye Mist, our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Day. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Day, are you with us? I am here. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. I was reading about you, and you are amazing. Tell me, uh, when I have a guest on, um, I wonder, what, why did you get started in where you're at today? Because you started out as an orthopedic surgeon. I have many friends who are orthopedic surgeons. 
but you ended up the directions of, uh, inter- I call it integrative or preventative med- um, thinking. I don't, want, well, I don't even call it preventative medicine, but preventative uh, and reversing um, diseases. How did you get into that? Well, I developed cancer uh, okay. in uh, uh-huh. 1993. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, which became very severe, and I was diagnosed as terminal. Uh-huh. And I uh, refused all conventional therapy because as a physician, and I was on the faculty of the University of California, San Francisco Medical School for 15 years. I was, I was training doctors, and I didn't mm-hmm. know, nor does any doctor know, how to get you well from any disease. And I repeat that. No doctor knows how to get you well from any disease. No, and you know, to be fair to them, uh, you and I both uh, today, and you would say this, follow me. <clears throat> they go to medical school. You went to medical school, and you're taught in medical school to take the products that are available to you, the research breakthroughs that are available to you, and practice. And <clears throat> along the way, the doctors didn't leave that page in the books at school, and they didn't become very proactive because I could I could be wrong, but because the laws had gotten so strict and so many attorneys out there ready to sue them if they didn't stick to the practice of sticking to the code of the book. Well, that's not the only reason. There are many other reasons. When you're in high school and you want to go to a good college, what do you do? You work hard, you get good grades, and you keep your mouth shut. Okay, there we go. When you're in college and you want to go to a good medical school, you work hard, you get good grades, and you keep your mouth shut. There you go. When you go to medical school and you want to get a good residency, you work hard, you get good grades, and you keep your mouth shut. Okay. When you get, finish your residency, you want to get into a good practice, so you work hard, you get good grades, and you keep your mouth shut. By the time a doctor is finished with his residency, he has been so brainwashed to believe that he's the best and the brightest, he or she is the best and the brightest, and that we know everything. And we, what we don't know is that the pharmaceutical companies control most of what we learn in our medical training because they provide much of the research funding for our research that's done in medical schools, so it's the old golden rule, he who owns the gold rules. And so we are taught only two methods of treatment. No doctor is taught any more than two methods of treatment, and that is give a drug or cut out your organs or cut off your body parts. That's all we're taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're never taught how to get anybody really well, because in order to get somebody well, you have to know what causes the disease. Doctors now admit that they don't know what causes almost every disease. In fact, years ago when I was in medical school, in medical textbooks, we used to have a section for each disease, which was called etiology, which is, means what causes it. Uh, Usually it was etiology unknown. In other words, we don't have a clue as to what causes this. And why uh, they even chose that? But now they've even removed that term, etiology, from textbooks, and they don't even try to explain what causes it. But if you took your car to an auto mechanic and he said, I have no idea what's wrong with it, and I never will know, would you leave it there? Of course not. And yet right. you go to your doctor and you allow him to say, I don't know what causes this, but I, I certainly can treat it, and I'll treat it with drugs that will cause other diseases because of their harmful side effects. Right. You see, so doctors are never happening. taught. We're never taught how to really cure any disease. And one reason, and I'm not saying that doctors are doing this purposely, no, they believe what they're taught. I believed it for many, many years until I developed cancer. When I developed cancer, I had seen too many thousands of patients die from the treatment we give them, not from their cancer, but now, from the treatment. Dr. Day, what did you do? Well, by poisoning them. That's why I started this show, Dr. Day. I had been studying for many, many, many years dehydration disease, and I dove into water and understanding plain water. (laughs) 
and the earth and in the bodies and light, even in the blade of grass. And uh, along the way then, what did you do then? What were the steps you took to well, be proactive? Well, first of all, water is very important, but it's only one part of it's the 10-step plan. That's water right. is certainly important. But there are 10 factors, really, that there are 10 laws of health that are immutable, just like there are laws of uh, physics that are immutable. In other words, if you don't like the law of gravity and you decide you're not going to live within it or you're going to reject it or you're going to resist it, well, you go up to a high building and jump thinking you're not going to go down, well, you're going to have a short mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't learn the ten laws of health, you will also have a short life uh, and you will die a premature death and probably a very painful one. So what, um, what was your pro- what you be decided to be proactive... And I need to tell well, what you, I decided, I, I need decided to, tell you to learn how to get well. Yeah, Dr. Dan, and I, need to I tell thought you. there has to be a way to get well, and we certainly don't yeah. know it in medicine. No doctor knows how to get you well. And one reason they don't is because, and again, it's not done at the doctor level, it's done at a higher level, drug companies, etc. It's much more lucrative to keep people sick and keep them taking drugs than it is to cure them. Now, what, so, what did you do personally uh, as a step I, to be proactive? I decided to learn how to get well, and I started searching the medical literature. Okay. And uh, I kept getting worse for over two years. I was trying one alternative method as another. I was trying high-dose vitamin C, and I was trying Laetrile, and I was trying all of these other things, some of which worked 70 or 80 years ago, but they don't work anymore because our lifestyle has changed so dramatically. And what we have to do is change the things in our life that are causing disease. We give disease to ourselves. Diseases don't fall from the sky, nor do they just happen. We give them to ourselves slowly, one day at a time, by the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. Uh, I found in the medical literature, number one, that Mm -hmm. all animal products promote the growth of cancer. Mm -hmm. Meat, poultry, fish, dairy, and eggs all promote the growth of cancer. So does refined sugar. So do all the chemical additives, MSG, NutraSweet, uh, all these uh, synthetic sweeteners. Right. Uh, and uh, I also found that sunlight actually reduces the size of internal cancerous tumors and does not cause skin cancer. Uh, in 1900, 75% of Americans worked outdoors, and there, was no, there were no cases of skin cancer. It wasn't because they just missed them. There weren't any. Now only 10% of Americans work outdoors, and we've got skin cancer all over the place. Well, Dr. What has Day, happened, you've and this has been shown in medical studies, which we are never, which are never brought to our attention in our medical training. I found yeah. them in the medical literature, and they're in my materials that I have on my website at uh, drday.com, www.drday.com. And what what they found is that they, if they gave the animal a highly nutritious diet, uh, and they exposed them to the ultraviolet rays of the sun. These were animals who were bred to develop skin cancer. They had a highly nutritious diet. Not one animal developed skin cancer. If they fed them what is the equivalent of the standard American diet, 25% got skin cancer when they were exposed to ultraviolet light. So it is the change from a mainly plant-based diet uh, that we had in the early 1900s to a mainly animal-based diet now. Uh, So that's a major, major factor. It's also a major factor in all eye diseases. All of those animal products promote eye diseases. Uh, Dr. Day, can not I? What we're supposed to eat. Dr. Day, and, can I say something real quickly sure. here? That uh, first of all, uh, I, I've had doctor, I've had doctors on because of. In fact, I've had Dr. Alan Taylor, who's 
at test studying eyes and nutrition. He's leading that worldwide. Dr. Philip Payton, who learned that he's an orthopedic, uh, not an orthopedic, I'm sorry, an ophthalmologist surgeon. He is also agreeing with you about diet. He's diving into diet. Um, he personally became a vegan because he, he studied the China study. Then he went over and studied the preventative heart disease, uh, the book on that, on the particular diet. So we've had a lot of very well-known global famous people on, like yourself, discussing the world and diet and disease, and especially in the category of eyes and diabetics. Now, when you decided to be proactive, what were some of the things you decided to do? Did you change your diet? I changed my diet totally to a totally vegan diet and eliminated all sugar and all processed food. I ate nothing but whole foods, organically grown, uh, and I started drinking huge amounts of fresh uh, carrot juice and fresh green leafy vegetable juice. Mm -hmm. And that's all I knew how to do at the beginning, and that's the right diet. But it's not enough to reverse a major uh, disease. Right. Uh, and so my tumor returned. I had my tumor uh, biopsied at both Loma Linda University and Scripps Hospital in La Jolla near San Diego. And I had infiltrating ductal adenocarcinoma of the breast. It was a small tumor at first, but about nine months later, even on that diet, it returned. Mm-hmm. and it was about the size of a marble, and so I knew I was in trouble, and then I started trying one alternative after another. But I refused chemotherapy, I refused radiation, I refused mastectomy because I knew I didn't develop breast cancer because I had too many breasts, so cutting them off uh, would not solve my problem. Mm-hmm. And I knew that uh, chemotherapy and radiation both cause cancer. Every doctor knows that. It's, it's absolutely absurd to give a cancer patient something that causes cancer, so I didn't do that. But my tumor then suddenly started to grow, and in three weeks, it grew from the size of a marble to the size of a large grapefruit. And those pictures are on my website at drday.com, D-R-D-A-Y.com. And I knew I was in really serious trouble because what I was doing, just the diet by itself, was not working. Mm-hmm. And again, I want to say the diet is the right diet, but it's not enough. You have to change well, you have everything to to, about yes. your life. Yes, you do. And so uh, the, the plan, and this is a very brief summary of it, and it's uh, the body is a very complex organism, but the maintenance of it is very simple. But the problem is people don't like to change their habits. People want to do what they want to do, and they don't want to change them, and they'd much rather go and take a pill. But every pill has numerous side effects and causes other diseases and does not make you well. It just covers up your symptoms. So I changed to the right diet. Uh, uh, I started getting a lot of sunlight, but not to the point of burning because sunlight reduces the size of internal cancerous tumors. Sunlight decreases stress. Sunlight decreases resting heart rate. It decreases blood pressure and has all sorts of other uh, important things. And you can't grow a healthy garden without sunlight. You can't grow a healthy human being without sunlight. And then... um, Water, as you say, is extremely important. The body loses 10 glasses of water every day just by living. We lose it from uh, breathing because our breath is moist. We lose it from perspiration even when it's not hot. And we lose it because our body has to take huge amounts of water from our cells to put into our stomach every meal to make digestive juices. All of that water is lost from the body every day. And if you drink caffeine... Whether it's in coffee or caffeinated soda or alcohol, you are dehydrating your body even more. Mm -hmm. And young people are drinking these energy drinks, which have high doses of caffeine. Oh, isn't it frightening? It's just frightening. Yes. 
And you so, know, Dr. Uh, Day, not I only to... is, it, is it causing terrible dehydration in their bodies, but uh, it also, uh, coffee is, is a toxin. It's a nerve toxin as well. And of yeah, course, I need to mention to you, I mentioned to you real quickly as we're getting ready for a uh, big campaign throughout the country for the year or longer with a group of, of computer, uh, uh, they call themselves nerds and uh, computer nerds. And Dr. Day, you will follow me. They have carpal tunnel in the uh, arms and, and down in the wrists and the hands. They have uh, unbelievable eye problems, allergies, uh, problems with sugar. Uh, they're eating too much sugar because it keeps them high. And then also gout, and we could go on and on. These are young people, Dr. Day. I mean, they won't live forever if they can, don't get the best education of what to do with their health. They've well, got to be re-educated to right. sit there and do that. And then remember a job. I've got one of them who said if, if, if these jobs are intense because there's so much work data and so much to be done at the keyboard. If one person is sick, somebody has to cover that person's uh, job at that keyboard. Some of them are going at 24 one hours a day to cover jobs and keep up with what had to be done to do a good job because you can't leave the data behind. Well, I understand what intensity in the job field is because as a trauma surgeon, I have operated 72 hours straight with yeah. no food oh my, sleep. Oh, my. Okay? So yeah. I, I know what that is. And if you're not there, if you're sick, then somebody else has to do double duty for you. So I know what job intensity is. And you're dealing not with data. You're dealing with people's lives. Oh, yeah. Uh, who one misstep and they die or sometimes so are you going saying to die. that possibly a lot of the doctors today are overworked and maybe... That is ter- terribly unfair to their personal health and what they're trying to do with their professional code of ethics um, is overwork. Well, I mean, doctors, we're only human. We, pardon? Most doctors aren't overworked, really. Uh, trauma surgeons are because of the nature of the okay. job. You can't predict who's okay. going to get shot on the street. Okay. Um, and, but, but most doctors, uh, you know, have, have the ability, if you're in private practice, you have the ability to pretty much control what you're doing, they, they are certainly under some stress because you're dealing with, um, mm-hmm. with life and death situations in mm-hmm. certain instances. Well, let's get back um, to real quickly, Dr. D, on what you did to be now, because uh, I'm so excited to have you on today. You are an absolute per, uh, messenger to me, and uh, I like the idea that you believe in the diet. I like the, uh, not idea, I like the fact that you believe in diet is a change of our lifestyles. We've got to get into that diet. Uh, every single human being has to think about the diet. I don't care who you are and how brilliant. I call it pulling some wisdom teeth, Dr. Day, because everybody thinks they're so smart. Um, well, look at look then at, drinking uh, water. But what else did you do? Uh, change a diet. Uh, learn more about hey, vegan. Here, here are the steps: nutrition, exercise. Now, exercise is extremely important. A woman can reduce her risk of breast cancer by 66% by doing one thing that's totally free, and that's exercising four hours a week. Mm-hmm. Totally free. All now, right? I'm going to back you up for a second. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, we're back to exercise again. Now, tell us what, you're, what, what the evaluation of why a person needs to cardiovascularly oxygen, nitrogen, stimulate that blood, keep it moving, don't let it get too st- uh, uh, stagnant like the stagnant water that causes the pollution of the, of the, of the river. Why are they supposed to exercise? Give us a, a, a brief description. Well, both exercise and water actu- actually act as a hormone for the peristalsis of your intestine to help eliminate waste. 
There we go. Eliminate that toxin. When you don't have exercise and water, you cannot eliminate your waste properly, and the whole country is constipated, and constipation is one major source of all diseases, and especially cancer. Thank you, you for saying that. Toxins that you can be to go out of your body. and have constipation and start to bloat. Well, it's not just bloating. You reabsorb the toxins that, we that are, are staying in your body rather than going out of your body. So uh, exercise increases peristalsis in the colon and thus increases your ability to eliminate waste. Also, if your blood is not circulating well, uh, you can't eliminate your waste as fast either because a lot of it is uh, uh, transported by the blood and then it goes through the kidneys and the liver and your wastes are taken out. And so if you don't have exercise also, you don't strengthen your heart and your heart gets weak. And exercise decreases blood pressure. It decreases resting heart rate. It type of exercise is the moderate, let's say a person's very busy and they're collapsing at the end of the day, tired, and don't have time because their days are early day to late days, uh, what type of exercise would be important to you? Well, first of all, let me just say, in order to stay well, in order to stay well or get well if you're sick, you're going to have to change these days that go from early to late. You can't abuse your body. If you go out there and you have a new car, if you have a new Lincoln, or if you have a new Cadillac, you have a new Lexus, and you, and you beat it with a hammer every day, it's not going to look good. Mm-hmm. And so if you beat up your body like that, you, if, if people are saying, how can I abuse my body and still be well, the answer is you can't, because mm-hmm. I tried to do that, mm-hmm. and I ended up on my deathbed. Right. So you can't do that. So what you have to do is you have to say, I'm going to have some self-control, I'm going to get my life under control, and I'm going to exercise, and you can do half an hour a day, and by the way, that will give you a lot more energy as well. Mm-hmm. So you won't be nearly as fatigued. So if you live in an apartment, day. you can buy some certain things to, to do if you don't want to go out on the streets or go for a walk. There's certain things to do. Well, that's now, true, but what, you better go We've outside. only got three minutes left in our program with you, and I'd like to have you on again because, boy, you and I are right on on this dehydration problem uh, and causing toxin, and people need to learn. You've got to, audience, digest every your food. It's vital. And, you know, I was speaking at a, a group of young kids, and I was telling them, Dr. Day, they think you have to flush the toilet to digest your food. They don't realize you t- much more comes through the skin than you can possibly flush the toilet all day. So, That's right. But what, what, we've only got about two, three minutes left at the longest. What would you like to do to, uh, to teach them how important your, you, this is that you're saying? Well, number one, like nobody has to be sick. Yeah. And you make yourself sick by the way you live, eat, think, act, and handle stress. And right. thinking and acting is also important because when you have fear, anxiety, anger, all those things set off the fight-or-flight reaction, which pours cortisol into your body, which suppresses your immune system, and you cannot fight disease. So right. it's not just what you put in your mouth, not just what you drink. Uh, the healing hormones are produced in the body between 10 p.m. and 2 o'clock in the morning, but you've got to be asleep. But you've got to go to bed earlier learn than how the average to person is doing now. Learn so how all to of sleep. these things, yeah. and you've yeah. got to learn to forgive everyone who's ever wronged you. Uh, you've got to learn to love your enemies. You've got to let go of anger and grudge holding. You've got to learn how to, to handle your stress, and that's relax. what I talk like about on my DVDs and my books. Now, we, uh, we're out of time, and uh, I, I think the audience, I want you to listen 
to her DVD. I want you to get the DVD, and I want you to listen to what she's saying. It is life and death. It can, it's like training for the Olympics, Dr. Day. Let's live. Let's live and enjoy That's it. That's right. Well, I you are amazing. Cancer. You are amazing. You're right on. You have it right on. I am um, totally agree with you, and a lot of the doctors and people I've had on through the years uh, have said the same identical things. We're, we're working our way through health education to live and enjoy your life. Uh, where, how do they find you on your .com? Uh, drday.com. Okay, well, thank you so much. And Thank you're you. you're right on. Don't, I, you. I know you know that. So, and how are how are you doing your health today? Well, it's been 19 years since my tumor first appeared. I'm totally well, cancer free. Oh. I take no medications. I can still run. I can still play tennis. I can still oh. water ski, snow ski, do everything else. And I just turned 74. All right, I'm 69, and yacht did me today. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Doctor? I love aging because I keep thinking I'm going to get smarter someday. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you, you know how nice... to live. You don't have to get old. Oh, that's right. We're not. I'm, we're going to live to be 180. That's right. Okay. You have a nice day. <laughs> You're Thank special. You. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Wow. I enjoyed. It. Didn't that go fast? She is amazing. But audience, this is for sure. How you sleep. Don't take it for granted. It's got to be nature. You must learn how you naturally can sleep. You must learn to drink 10 glasses of water a day. It's vital to your circulation, your oxygen. You need to take some, have some exercise. I don't care what it is, some kind of exercise. You need to learn that what you put in your mouth has got to digest. It's vital to your digestive system. This is vital. She is right on. Listen to her close and go to her website drday.com. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, a method of moisturizing the eyes with just a mist. And we'll come back uh, with Tim Blakely because Tim is going to teach us something else new that I know that Dr. Day probably has even studied herself. We'll be right back with Tim Blakely, and there's a lot to learn today. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Tim, are you with us? I am with you. Are you with me? I am with you, Tim. I want to <laughs> thank you. We are one. For... Pardon? 
We are one. We are one. And uh, I can. Did you hear the show uh, with Dr. Day before you came on? I just heard the last three minutes. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she had had cancer and decided, as an orthopedic surgeon and a trauma surgeon, that uh, she would go about her remission recovery to battle the diagnosis of terminal disease that she had had. And she that was 19 years ago, and she did it with um, alternative integrative type learning. And uh, amazing, she became a vegan and changed her whole lifestyle, and now she's on a mission uh, to be the messenger of you are what you eat and how you sleep and your stress and more. Now, Tim, the last time you were on, we talked about one of our favorite subjects, you and I, tea. And I'm a believer that certain teas are also so important to your daily thinking and your lifestyle um, uh, along in the week or whatever uh, that we needed to learn. But then you and I began to discuss the tincture oils. And you've been traveling the world. You travel all over the world with the plantations. And uh, you are one of the founders of the herb, herbalist um, tinctures out of southern Oregon, uh, that you were there with them when they got into the tinctures, which was probably, wasn't it, Tim, so far back now, one of the first tinctures that came out in natural product stores. That was well, one that everybody I, recognized. Wasn't one the, I wasn't one of the founders of that particular business, but okay. uh, tinctures were one of the first uh, herb products that came out back in the 70s. And, okay. Uh, yeah, right there where you live is really one of the best, if not the best, uh, herbal extract company there is. In and you were with them for how many years? I was there about five years. Uh, yeah. I created a particular project for them, a farm botanical garden education center. So Right. Um, that's kind of what now, I Now, real quickly before years. we go into what we're doing today, but... You just said to, te- to teach farm botanical education. What, what does that mean? Discuss that. Say, uh, to give a definition, a description to our audience, what you meant there. Well, in the herbal world and the essential oil world, a lot of the crops were originally wild-crafted, picked out of the wild in order to make the various products, the healing products. And mm-hmm. in doing so, as the industry became bigger and bigger, as more people started using herbs, um, it just became difficult to guarantee that they wouldn't be over-harvested and mm-hmm. really endangered if they were picked too much. So mm-hmm. we needed to cultivate them. So one of my life goals was to bring various over-harvested herbs into cultivation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically been my project my entire life. It's almost like cloning. Yeah, kind you of. Know, you know, what? I just thought of it as soon as you were talking, because you bring it from the one spot to bring it into another, and then you don't disturb all the wild. You're, bringing, you're multiplying it so more people can have benefit. Oh, we have to realize that, you know, we have 6 billion people in the world, and, you know, it's easy to take too much from the wild. And with herbs becoming so popular, boy, so many were being over-harvested. So it's absolutely critical to cultivate them. As of this morning, I have this, and I always forget to talk about it on the show, but as of this morning, we have 6,915,887,443 people living on our planet with us, Tim. Now, say that fast ten times in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to test me by age or what? (laughs) And I always say to everybody, don't you dare blame that on aging if I can't do it. (laughs) But anyway, tell us. The last time I talked, you had just gotten back, but you were excited about teaching us about some more um, tincture oils and and, uh, uh, aroma uh, therapy. but. I'm really wanting to learn, I want the audience to learn about tincture oils, if you don't mind. What does that mean? 
But we why do we want to have it? Why do we want to put it in our mouth, and why do we want to have the fragrance of the aroma? What's the difference between the two? Well, there's two ways to take essential oils. One is to put them topically on your skin, and the other is just to breathe them in. And either way, you can have an impact. But uh, more often than not, we end up putting them on our skin in a variety of ways. It might be gargling them for a sore throat. It might be putting them on topically for a mosquito bite. Or it might be putting them on just to help heal your skin from a wound or something. So mm-hmm. um, they're mm-hmm. very diverse in what they can do because there's so many different oils mm-hmm. you know, today that are used. At least 100 oils are fairly common. Hmm. Now, are you taking your oils from the flower or the leaf? How do you get an oil extracted? Every part of the plant. It depends on where the oil is concentrated. So you look at something like sandalwood, and the oil in sandalwood is concentrated in the heartwood. Mm-hmm. You have to have heartwood at the tree. But you look at something like uh, oh, neroli or German chamomile. German chamomile, the oil is in the flower mainly, so you harvest mm-hmm. the flower. So every plant's different, you know, mm-hmm. from roots to leaves to flowers to wood or bark. So. Let's start out for fun. You know, I was t- I'll tell you, um, I got the Bach book of the flowers, um, to understand uh, the types of flowers that are uh, made into a tincture. And then I was in a natural product store over the weekend, and they said, yeah, a lot of people, Tim, don't understand them, these tinctures. How, let's say, for example, you with your background, and to me you are amazing that you so long ago understood we need to start right now today, how long ago you did that, as a person, and you said probably – I'm putting words in your mouth. I want to learn this because I think this is the future. I did this with water, Tim. I was well, so startled right. that people were not taking dehydration, the water t- dehydration serious on the planet or our bodies or the blade of grass. Uh, they were just kind of passing it by like it'll be there forever when I don't believe it will unless we take action and do something individually. Yep. Why, why did you choose the direction you're going? And because you obviously had a mission thinking life or death, because it's true, Tim. We've got to change our ways on this earth. Uh, stress, yes, attitude and sleep, but we've got to learn to what we put in our mouth, what we put on our skin is vital to our, re- our life. Absolutely, and there's so many. I guess the realization for me was that, you know, chemicals were not the way. And So back in the 70s, we were all trying to think of alternatives, and, you know, obviously herbs and essential oils are great alternatives, healing alternatives, and... You know, I started out with the most basic thing, you know, drinking herbal teas back, you know, way back when. But, you know, eventually I kind of embraced, you know, all aspects of natural healing. But, Mm -hmm. boy, we need to take better care of the earth. And one of those ways is to, you know, consume natural products. And you can do so much good healing using natural products. You know, I had mentioned something to somebody the other day that uh, if if children are very important, that if you can take a child from birth and nurture them to want to learn more about taking care of their own health, that they will also concern themselves with the air they're living in called earth and other people's lives because they're also considering themselves to be healthy and they learn about the nature of their own health. Their own health, if they can learn to naturally take care of wanting to learn about how healthy they could be, all of a sudden, Tim, you're reaching out to the world in the air we're living, and the planet, the universe, like it's a magic, uh, that all of a sudden you take more serious about other people's lives, other nature's lives. Now, if I was going to turn to you, say, okay, if you were going to process a tincture from a leaf, how do they process to get out of a leaf what they need? 
Well, there's two ways. One is if you want to make an alcoholic extract, uh, you basically macerate the leaf or the flower inside, you know, an alcohol water base. And the amount of alcohol you use depends on what the particular herb is. And after about two weeks to three weeks, you've basically extracted the active components of that leaf or flower or root or whatever it might be. Flower, root, or uh, leaf. Okay. Yeah, and then you strain that through a strainer so you get rid of the solid material, Uh and then you have yourself an extract. Um, With essential oils, it's a little different because in that case, you're using steamed water. You make steam, Uh and as the steam passes through the plant, it captures the essential oil and uh, turns it into a gas, and then you have that gas flow through a condenser, just a bunch of coils, cooling coils, Uh and it cools back down into a liquid again, Uh and that's how you separate the essential oil from the plant. So um, I probably spend more time today using essential oils than anything else. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us why you chose. You've had your passion on the teas, but now you're really passionate about uh, the globe and the rest of the world on the essential oils. Tell us what you've been learning. Well, I'm amazed at how easy it is for uh, American consumers to separate the source from the final product on the shelf. You know, it's like it just magically appears on the shelf or something. (laughs) I know. know. These things have to come from all over the world. And everybody talks, you know, sustainability now, too. That's a big phrase. But they sometimes forget that the sustainability includes not just the plant but also the people. And so you have to go into these, you know, third-world countries in many cases, and you have to look not only at the plant, but you have to look at the people themselves, too, and make sure that, you know, somehow it's a sustainable process for them. You know, are they getting paid well enough? Are the working conditions good? Is it giving their community a, a boost, in other words, to produce these materials? And I spent a lot of time in small communities just making sure that, you know, basically every aspect of the production is sustainable. Now, how many countries of the world have you explored? Oh, I don't know. I haven't added them up, but last year I was on every continent, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> and how many years have you been doing that? All of the world. All the, yeah. Now, where is the most fascinating ex- place that you've, let's just start out at the top. Where is the most fascinating place where you think you've learned the most? Well, starting out at the top, I'd say up in the Himalayas. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nepal. Well, I, I find Nepal you've been, very... Now, you've, you've been to the Himalayas. I haven't yet, but I want to be. And uh, so you, there you think that's where you learn the most amount of root of your education. I think so. I've had some interesting experiences there, and it made me really understand, I think, as well as any place, the connection between the land, the people, and the final product. Mm-hmm. What are they known for there, uh, let's say, uh, for what you've learned? Uh, what, what, what is the most fascinating thing you learn? that they have been able to offer? Um. Well, this one community we've been working in in Nepal, you know, they it's a very poor community where the average income, there's 500 people living in the village, and the whole village was living off of about uh, $25,000 just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And in Nepal, the government lets each individual community manage their forests. Even though the government owns the forests, they let the communities manage them. Now, when you say the government owns the forests, who's the government? The government of Nepal, in this case, owns the actual forest, but they let each community manage them as long as they don't damage the forest. They can't, you know, really cut trees down. They can't till it. They can't add amendments. But they can plant crops in it and or pick things in the wild as long as they don't over-harvest them. So Mm -hmm. this one village, they decided to grow this crop, lemongrass, in this village, in their forest. It grew really well under the trees. And in four years, they basically made a tremendous... uh, 
advancement in terms of their economy. The village is so much better off. They were able to build a community center. They were able to buy goats for the poorest families. Uh, the women were paid to do the harvesting of the crop, and mm. this year they were putting in electricity into the village. So, Oh, my. And then the water situation there? Oh, they have a, a river that runs right through the, the village. Oh. I mean, it's really a great... Now, is that by thing. chance the river that has an enormous headwater area where the uh, the waterfall that is so famous in the Himalayan mountains? I don't know if it has a famous waterfall, but pretty much every river there comes out of the Himalayas. I mean, you're, yeah. you're looking at the mountains from from the farm area itself or from the village, and, you know, the Himalayas are absolutely stunning. Gosh. Oh, I know. I can hardly wait to get there, Tim. Oh, it's like looking at the Grand Canyon, you know, except that it goes up instead of down. Probably I should wait until you can go, when I know you're going to be there and you can show me different directions that I would never know because you've been how How many times have you been there? Oh, I've been there every year in the last four years. Oh, uh, wow. In the wow. uh, last five years, I guess. And yeah. you stay right there in the village area? Where do you stay? We stay in a little community. Um, there's always, you know, some place you can stay. Nothing fancy. <laughs> so the last time we stayed near this one village that was really high up where they the were. Himalayans for four years in a row? Yeah. Yeah, and we, I lost you for a second. Oh, I'm but, sorry. This one uh, village we stayed in was way high up on this hill, uh, and you had this absolutely stunning panorama view of the Himalayas. It was. Uh, oh. <laughs> now, do you have anything on your uh, website that shows those pictures? Actually, I have videos of all the trips that we do now. So oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, you can go to the website or to YouTube. Uh-huh. And can people buy the videos? Yeah, watch them for free. Watch them for free. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the links are all there to watch them. You can either uh-huh. go directly to YouTube or you can go mm-hmm. to our website. Mm-hmm. Which is now, there. on the tinctures uh, uh, there uh, that and w- w- everyday living, uh, what are some of the most common for people? Let's say people go to their natural product store and they want to learn uh, from the show what to, what to go look for. What are they going to be looking for? Oh, wow. Um, I know that's a big, but I had somebody at a nat- natural product store tell me that people who come in, are not knowing what is there. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm hoping this show, you and I can learn to teach them uh, about, and I hope you can come on more commonly, because that way we can teach like, them yeah. what, what, what to look for, how to start, what, what, do, what they might be thinking about when they're taking, uh, looking at a tincture of oil for aromatherapy or even if they should take it in their mouth. Yeah, if there's one oil that you can't live without, it's lavender. And oh, you just so love my famous. heart. I love lavender. <laughs> if you don't like lavender, you're one sick human being. Oh, no, I don't I'm... know. I, all I know is that every time I smell lavender, I think, oh, I think I died and went to heaven. I do. Every time I have it in a spray in my in my house, and it, I shake up the spray and shake, oh, my, and then I walk over to listen to smell. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite experiences is laying in a field of lavender. Oh, my gosh. Rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like heaven. <laughs> the oh, lavender is the most versatile oil there is. All I can I, think about is where were the bees when you were laying in the lavender? Oh, this was in a field in Ukraine. Oh, yeah. in the Ukraine. Right okay. on the black sea in the southern part of uh, Ukraine. Okay, so I what would you do with lavender? lavender. Tell them, what are they going to do with lavender? Why are they going to want it? Well, I guess in our society where everybody is so stressed out, of course, people grab lavender first and foremost because it's so calming and relaxing. Uh-huh. You're really strung out, you know, work's getting to you or whatever. Well, yeah, but what are you going to do? Teach our audience. What are they going to do with it? 
Well, what I do is I put the little lavender uh, underneath my nose. I put it a little bit on my pressure point so it absorbs into my blood system. Okay. And I'll even drop a little bit on my pillow just before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, just by putting it on your skin and or breathing it in, you calm down, you relax. It makes sleep a lot easier. And if you're really stressed out at some point in the day, the lavender is going to really relax you. And make We've you been back. learning a lot about the flowers and what you can do with tinctures. Can you also put a little bit of that in hot water, or that's not recommended? No, no, we do it. At, well, I guess there's a couple things. One is putting eucalyptus in hot water just so you can breathe in the fumes. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's very famous because it helps open up your bronchioles. It makes you feel better. But Good for the lungs. We gargle a lot with essential oils, but we don't really take them orally. Okay. Um, what, don't okay. swallow them down. Not that... Well, it's a tough issue to talk about, but because of uh, FDA regulations, right. you really can't promote the internal use of essential right. oils on a bottle. Okay, so on the bottle. Okay, so uh, what other, uh, uh, now let's go over real quickly. Uh, now, you've been all over the world, and you've been learning about herbal, uh, the, all the herbal ability and teas, and now aromatherapy, and the tinctures. What do you, can you tell us anything, what you know about the Bach flower uh, tinctures? Uh, you and I mentioned that the other day. Yeah, though I'm not an expert on the Bach flowers, they were created by this uh, person, Edwin Bach, back in mm-hmm. England. And mm-hmm. uh, what he found was that, you know, by making a, a very diluted tincture of uh, certain flowers, he can get uh, a response from people, kind of like a, an emotional response. Uh, people mm-hmm. react in certain ways to them. Mm-hmm. And it's basically homeopathy with flowers. Mm-hmm. And he had a whole slew of flowers that he used, and they were all European flowers. Mm-hmm. And uh, to this day, you can still find the box flowers in pretty much every natural food store. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. Uh, those tinctures are there and what they mean. Um, and you know they're expensive, too, Tim. Uh, when yeah. they're expensive, people look at that little tiny container. Now, when you're teaching the, the, the herbal oils and they're that expensive, what do you t- teach them how to use them so they can get out of them. The nice, the nice thing about oils is that prices right now are relatively low because when you use your average oil, let's say you're paying $10 for a bottle, that bottle has usually in it about uh, 300 drops or so, and you're generally diluting it down to about 10% or less, so you end out with about 3,000 drops. Uh, okay, there we so, go. Yeah, so if you're treating, say, a uh, oh, athlete's foot with sandalwood oil, mm-hmm. and you're only using two to three drops a day, mm-hmm. wow. You know, your mm-hmm. your 3,000-plus drops are going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, there's, most of the oils that I use, I apply topically um, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. You know, whatever condition I'm looking at, you know, trying mm-hmm. to You know, I'm glad you brought up the sleep. Um, Dr. Day, who was our uh, earlier guest, and other I've had other doctors on, especially to discuss sleep. And something that we have to learn, all of us, uh, Tim, is sleep doesn't always come nature for you to just lay your head down and go to sleep. You need yeah. to learn how to prepare to go to bed and yep. prepare to go to sleep and how, if you should wake up, how to prepare to go back to sleep. Uh, there's, yep. there's, there's secrets to all of that. And, and a person complains, well, learn how you personally can go to sleep. And Tim says that certain tinctures to put on the skin or underneath the nasal passages and and go on. and then Tim, the other thing I've said too is when you go to your natural product store, ask the person how long they've worked there because sometimes they're new and they don't know. Yeah. If you have somebody who know you know they've been there a long time and they've been learning how to educate, those are the ones to talk to. 
Yeah, I spend a lot of time educating people in stores, and obviously those with experience. And some of those people have been in stores for twenty or twenty-five years. Oh, thirty years, and they and they wouldn't be there if they weren't wanting to learn for themselves too. And yeah, becomes a personal thing like what you're doing. They can help so many people. I mean, yes. it's a great place to help people. Oh, if they, you are, where store do you go into in those massive big stores today and you walk up to a person and say, do you know where anything's at? And they think, I know the jam might be there. <laughs> and I think you might buy butter over there. Not, they're all just there for the job. They're not there to be educators. Yeah. So we I only have a minute natural. left. What would so. you like to close with today? Well, I just... I'd like to say how easy uh, essential oils are to use. I mean, between lavender, peppermint, you know, eucalyptus, and sandalwood, you can do just about anything. And uh, because they're relatively affordable, because you're diluting them down, and always dilute them, you know, virtually mm-hmm. every single time you use an oil, dilute them down. But just realize how valuable they are for a variety of skin issues, plus mm-hmm. for relaxation. You can grab a handful of oils that are going to help you relax at mm-hmm. any time. And if you find that one that you really like and react to the best, that's your go-to oil. That's the oil that's always going to help you because uh, scent memory are so powerful. And when you have a scent that really brings up positive memories, that oil is always going to be a productive one for you. So find that oil. And maybe it's lavender, maybe it's Lang Lang, maybe it's uh, something else. But whatever that oil is, you know, always carry it with you. All right. Oh, and carry it with you. That's a good one. You feel better. Oh, we're always out of time. Now, uh, that people would go to find your website and your DVD and all at the A-U-R-A-C-A-C-I-A.com? That's correct, www.auracacia.com. Okay, well, would you do this again sometime in between your world travels? Because uh, yeah. there's so much to learn. And uh, the other day when I go to I've been going to natural product stores for years, and yep. there's so much to learn that they inside the store don't know as much as you might teach us. So. I would say to the audience, go to your uh, to our website and learn the, the different subjects you want to learn. And Tim Blakely is an herbalist, aerotherapist. Tim, you can tell it's a Monday morning. Herbalist <laughs> or aromatherapist. Aroma, therapist. And you you have a you're in Hawaii. I'm in Hawaii at this very minute. I'm getting ready for another trip here anytime. Though. Okay, well, you take care, and let's have you, if you go on, come on again when you get back. All right, have a you great day. You have a nice day. day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, the world has offers us fresh air. It offers us oxygen in the air because of the water. If there wasn't water, the moisture in the air, humidity, your organs wouldn't live. You must learn to drink 10 glasses of water a day. Because as you have found out, you dehydrate 10 glasses a day and more. It depends upon your stress. What did we learn today? Come to this.com and learn more about this different sub- favorite subjects that you'd like to learn, whether it be your nutrition, your aromatherapy, your herb, your tea, uh, your eyes, your skin, what to eat, and more. There's, this is a wonderful show for all these wonderful guests that we've had on to teach you. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life because you get out of bed every day. It's your life. It belongs to you, and it's your freedom of mind. But Earth whispers. Listen real close. Earth whispers. Never say goodbye. It belongs to you. But once you learn to think about the nature of your health and how to be healthy, you're going to think about the nature automatically of the rest of the world. I want to thank you for listening. Be sure and look us up on the .com and go to my Facebook at Sharon Kleina. And look us up at uh, 
Sharon Kleiner Hour and uh, see which show is your favorite. You can save a life. It could be your life. Thank you for listening, and you have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.